Hey guys, I'm Court. And I'm Kate. And you're listening to Season 3, Episode 2 of The The Castle Castle Chat. Chat. Hello friends, welcome back to Episode 2. We are so excited that you're here. Today, our episode title is Where Were We Then? And the year we're focusing on is 2019, right before the COVID pandemic hit. In this episode, we will tell you all about what was happening with the Walt Disney Company during that year, as well as share our own personal stories from that year. We're super excited to jump in and talk about 2019. Let's do this. Here we are again, breaking down another year in Disney history. This was... 2019 was a big one, not just in retrospect, but in general. I feel like 2019 Mm -hmm. was a huge year. Yeah, a lot of stuff was released during 2019 um, in the parks, but as well as in the cinematic universe. I think there was just so much happening for the Walt Disney Company um, right before that pandemic hit. So uh, I'm just excited about all the things that seem like they just opened, I guess, because the pandemic has felt like time has just felt so weird since COVID started, but also it feels like some of these attractions and things that were op- that opened in 2019 have been around for so long, but they really haven't. It's only been, I guess, 2019 is now basically three years ago. That's uh, also crazy. It, it feels like it was yesterday. Yeah, I with 2019, I felt like Disney was kind of hitting their sweet spot. So many good things were coming out, both. Um, in the parks, in films, and they were really ramping up what we know today is Disney, and then there was a pause on everything. And so I feel that reviewing 2019 and remembering that that peak, that mountaintop, before things got cut off Mm. is kind of relevant and important so that we can appreciate all that's come, even though there have been so many changes since the pandemic knowing you know where were where were we before (laughs) and how how does that help us appreciate the things that we do have now even though they've changed quite a bit yeah absolutely i mean when you think about when the pandemic hit disney kind of used that as an opportunity to implement a lot of changes not only to kind of cater with the pandemic and kind of what they're dealing with but also it gave them an opportunity to try some new things as well and so upon having all these new things in 2019 now the way that we you know, see visiting the parks, it's totally different than what it would have been if you would have been in 2019. So it's just very drastic to see the difference due to a pandemic. I don't know if the company would have taken such drastic moves had there not been more of a reason to, um, with everything that's happened in the past couple of years. Yeah, totally agree. So let's start by looking at all the things that happened in the Walt Disney Parks in oh. 2019. This, there's like a laundry list. There's so many things. So there are like so many things. Jump in. Out of things on the list, start off with a big hitter. A big hitter. Okay, so a really big hitter for 2019 was that Galaxy's Edge opened in Disneyland and Disney World. This is Star Wars land. This is what the fans have been waiting for for so many years. And it was the year that it opened in both parks. Yeah. Huge deal for the company. Actually sitting and thinking about this land that we know as Galaxy's Edge, 
being constructed and opened in two parks on separate coasts in the same year is a big task. Absolutely. So the fact that they finally um, opened Disney World, opened a little bit before Disneyland, Mm -hmm. but still within the 2019 year, um, I think that people were floored. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think that they both opened near the end of 2019, too. So to round out that year in that way was very strong for them as a company. And um, people were excited and anticipating it and ready for it to open. And now it is just such a hot commodity on people's to-do list when they go to Hollywood Studios. It's it's the most immersive land I think that they have created. I have not seen it at Disneyland yet, but I assume it is just as immersive as it is in Hollywood Studios and Walt Disney World. But they do a really good job of making you feel like you have left <laughs> planet Earth and you have entered the planet of Batu. And um, being on that land and seeing all of the infrastructure and the characters walking around, the experiences that you get to be a part of, it truly is magical. Yeah, I think we touched on it a little bit when we um, talked about Bob Iger in our Disney Legends episode last season, but this is kind of carrying on um, what we have started to see in Disney parks as these completely immersive lands. Um, They definitely took cast members, trained them up to speak almost an entire new language, um, to have a dialect and dialogue within their collective bubble on like what happens on that planet they have special greetings that they say oh it's amazing um so i definitely think that galaxy's edge opening in 2019 was one of the biggest things to happen in disney parks but i think that disney was clever in that one of the follow-up big hitters for this year was they opened Galaxy's Edge uh, specifically in Disney World in August, but then they waited and kind of left this uh, cliffhanger note on what was supposed to be the most next-level incredible attraction that anyone had ever seen, and that would be Rise of the Resistance. Yeah. So Rise of the Resistance also opened in 2019, even though it was at the very end of the year, it opened in December, um, it definitely has taken what we know as Disney attractions to an inc- in a completely different level. Yeah. I don't know if they've ever launched a new land but not had all their rides ready to release at the same time. That's true. I haven't like, I I think about, about Toy Story that. Land. Like every, when Toy Story Land opened, everything was ready to, to ride and be on... Um, and so and I think I might have to go back and look at this. Do we know if they intentionally delayed opening Rise of the Resistance or like they were planning on opening it? I just think it wasn't ready. Yeah. I think they had so many kinks to work out with it being such a long experience. Um, they had to probably work out a lot of kinks with um, all the different phases of the attraction, yeah. getting them... Um, perfect so that it was guest ready uh i think probably probably just wasn't ready yeah i mean i feel like hollywood studios had a big has had a big facelift since toy story land opened in 2017 Mm -hmm. correct so since 2017 they got they got toy story land and then in 2019 um galaxy's edge but also alongside of that they also opened uh, mickey and minnie's runaway runaway railway which it took the place of um (laughs) my favorite r.i.p 
rip the great movie ride um <laughs> in the chinese theater and that was also a very big hit for the year of 2019 it was this new um you know trackless ride that was going to be very vibrant and bright and really tapped into the new animation style of these mickey and minnie comics and so um it was really cool to see them take um what used to be such an iconic ride really tear it down completely on the inside and rebuild it into this very fun experience for not only kids but also adults i thought that this was a really big statement in how um people who work for disney parks the direction they were taking hollywood studios so in 2019 to backtrack a little bit the 30th anniversary of disney's hollywood studios what used to be disney's and mgm um that it happened in 2019 so it's the 30th birthday of this park and they're doing all these crazy new things for you to want to go and experience the park um one being galaxy's edge obviously uh Mm -hmm. but having the the way that they pitched this was mickey is he is the center of disney world he's the reason we have disney world it all started with a mouse and he didn't have an attraction in any of the parks and so um, they thought it was time for mickey to have a show-stopping attraction that people could ride which i respect and appreciate but Mm -hmm. i think the great movie ride was the defining idea of what hollywood studios used to be more of a behind the scenes back lot experience of filming and movies and TV and, and all that stuff. And so I think the great movie ride was that like glimpse into behind the scenes of these big films and switching it to Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway kind of, I thought was closing the chapter on what we used to know as Hollywood studios. Yeah. Um, we had lost the, um, lights, motors, action, mm-hmm. that lot, ride. That lot. We, we lost Tour. that for galaxy's edge. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, all of these things, I mean, they, they used to have the backlot tour, like you said, and, and all of these things that were behind the scenes based. Um, Indiana Jones is still a little bit of that, but um, now it doesn't really seem to fit anything else that's in the park. No. And so um, I think that opening that, as well as Galaxy's Edge, uh, following Toy Story Land was kind of redefining what we know as Hollywood Studios. And yeah. even if people have maybe had controversial or, um, you know, thoughts on whether or not they like it it's turned into one of the most popular parks because of all these changes yeah i mean it's it's such a small park that's always overpopulated because people want to experience the new because if people hadn't hadn't been because of the pandemic and they're now starting to come back and maybe they didn't go right before the pandemic this is brand new to them mm-hmm. um and so this is very exciting for people to be a part to be a part of and they, they were ready for it and so I do agree with you. I feel like, you know, this ride was the starting of a new chapter. As sad as I am and <laughs> to see like the old Hollywood studios go because I, I just love behind the scenes content. I just thought it was such a cool park. I do love the direction that they are taking as well and um, getting these really cool lands like Toy Story Land and, and Galaxy's Edge probably wouldn't have happened had they kept that same original theme. So definitely grateful for that. Um, what else was happening in Hollywood Studios during 2019? Um, completely different area of the park. So we've got our lands. 
Now we're gonna go to um, Sunset Boulevard, which is where you can find Hollywood Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster. Mm -hmm. And this area of the park is obviously got a lot of big thrills and they threw in the Lightning McQueen Racing Academy back there. <laughs> yeah, it's really tucked away. It's very hard to find. You have to, you kind of have to look for it. I don't know. It's not... It's kind of off to the side if you go to um, Rock and Roller Coaster. Yeah. It's kind of tucked back there. Yeah, um, and you have to walk through the big gates that's ha- that say Rock and Roller Coaster and you have the upside down limo and you have to walk through that and you, you look at the start of the line and then you look to your right and there's like Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy this way and you're like oh, you wouldn't even think to find it that way because you have to go under like the big arch for um, Rock and Roller Coaster before you can even see it, which is interesting. I wonder if they'll change that entrance way to be a little more inclusive of both attractions in yeah, the future. Yeah, I'm still a little lost on what the overall idea was for this insertion. <laughs> I get that it's like it's racing and it's beside Rock and Roller Coaster maybe, yeah, um, but it feels a little bit out of place. Have you been inside? Have you? Have you I been? have never done the attraction. No. Okay. Have you? I did it once um, in 2019 when it opened because I was curious. Um, and the animatronic, there's an animatronic Lightning McQueen in there. If you have a kid that likes the movie Cars, or mm-hmm. you know, maybe I I think it also serves a purpose in that this is a big thrill area and it gives maybe family members who are not riding these thrill rides something to do with a younger child who doesn't want to ride um and it's in that same area they don't have to go like a mile across the park to do something that's more kid friendly um but the animatronic is so impressive lightning mcqueen i mean you think he rolled right out because they have the cars um that look like lightning mcqueen and mater that kind of sometimes popped up in the parks previously Mm -hmm. um but this, I mean, he blinks, his mouth moves, he wow. turns around, his wheels move up and down. I mean, it's it's really impressive just to see it for that. And um, I, I feel like the kids that were in there really had fun mm-hmm. um, with, with what they were experiencing. Um, but uh, it still just kind of seems like it's... I'm still trying to figure out how they decided on <laughs> putting <laughs> yeah, that there. Yeah, it's very, it's very oddly placed. If you've ever seen it before, you would agree. It's just, it's tucked away. It's not, it doesn't feel like it's where it's supposed to be. It feels like it should be more over in like closer to Toy Story Land and that Pixar like area where they have the incredible stuff. I feel like it could maybe go there, but yeah, it's very interesting. But I feel like as a whole, Hollywood Studios, they're celebrating their 30th anniversary and they have all these new attractions opening up. It was definitely the hot spot to be in 2019. Um, but now let's hop over to, let's go to Epcot. Okay. There were some things happening over there in 2019. Uh, one of the biggest things that was happening over there was they were saying goodbye to a very long standing nighttime show called Illuminations. Um, I think the show ran for 20 years. Okay, 20 years very iconic nighttime show um really focused on the culture of all the different countries in the world showcase the music was phenomenal they had this globe that was in the middle of the world showcase pavilion and the lagoon that came together with screens on it it was just historic and you could tell it was old like you watch it and you felt a sense of nostalgia because the the video content on the screens was just very outdated but it was a show that really hit home for a lot of longtime Disney goers. And um, 
in September of 2019, they said goodbye to the show as a whole, but I don't think people were ready for that to go. If you thought tears were shed over the great movie ride, for people who grew up going to Disney in its earlier years, Mm -hmm. this is what they knew of Epcot. And so for it to have been there for two decades, and um, we've talked about it before, but they even you know had special editions of it, and it never left. And so I think they made the announcement, and then it was kind of they had the last showing, and it was over. And I think you're right. I don't know that people felt like they had a good opportunity to say goodbye to this show. Um, but I think the consensus was we have seen what they did with happily ever after if it's time to say goodbye to illuminations what they must be bringing to epcot is going to be incredible and what came next was called epcot forever and this show was for the nostalgic for the disney lover who had been going to epcot for a long time and had a lot of love and respect for the days of old Mm -hmm. and people I think they liked it, but it definitely, the consensus was it's not Illuminations. I think that Epcot Forever was very interesting. I never, I never saw it live. Um, But but when I watched it online, I was like, first off, the intro with the, and the spark of one little spark and figment. And I was like, okay, I'm already over this. Um, (laughs) Those of you who don't know, I'm we're not big figment fans so <laughs> that being like the center of epcot forever i was kind of like all right here we go so the show was a was very weirdly placed in between illuminations and harmonious which was their new nighttime show that they were very much ramping up for it felt like a placeholder and in my thoughts i thought well why don't you just keep illuminations going until you know harmonious is ready why have this like random show in between that's not going to run for a very long time like it just felt very strange that they kind of threw this in for a you know limited time yeah i didn't understand why they did that they you know spent money and budget and did all this stuff to create a show that they knew was temporary yeah they knew that uh harmonious was going to be coming i think for the 50th um one of the things that happened in 2019 was the D23 Expo, and they made tons of announcements about what was coming to Epcot. And mm-hmm. Harmonious, the Nighttime Spectacular, I think was on this list. Yes, I think so it was. So it's like, okay, we're getting this new Nighttime Spectacular, but what is this Epcot for everything? I don't know what the pull was, because people yeah. loved Illumination so much. Maybe it was like a... We're giving you something new to go to Epcot for in the time being, even though, you know, these new things are coming, but we'll just give you like a little teaser of the technology that we have. I don't really know. know. It just, yeah, it did feel like kind of like a waste of their time to put a show together in between, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm not Disney. I don't call those shots, but (laughs) um, for context, D23 is like a conference that kind of happens every couple of years. Every year or? It's every two years. Okay, every two years. And it's basically like the ultimate fan event. Uh, If you can think of like uh, Comic-Con or something like that, it's like that. But for Disney where they make all of their announcements of what's coming in the future and fans will travel and go um, to 
the, the expo, which takes place in California. Um, and Disney makes tons of announcements and gets people excited for what's coming in the future. Oh, yeah. And for 2019, it was a really big announcement year, especially for Epcot. They were like, we're basically going to rip everything out of Epcot <laughs> and leave it as like a shell. And we're going to plug and play and all, do all these different things and, um, you know, timeline for that. And they even um, launched the, the Epcot Experience, which was a little place that you could go where it would kind of show you this, like, it was almost like a panoramic room where mm-hmm. it would show you all the things that were coming to Epcot and what to look forward to. And um, they, you know, started breaking ground on construction. So Epcot started, you started to see construction walls pop up and uh, things were definitely starting to change there. One other thing that they decided to go ahead and get rid of while um they were, I guess, in these plans and changing a lot of things as they said goodbye to Club Cool. Sad day. I I definitely, at this point, obviously, at when, when I was experiencing Club Cool closing, I didn't know what was coming. Um, and now that the new Club Cool is here, I, I miss the old version. Um, I haven't even been to the new version yet. I walked past it, and there's always been a really long line, and I'm like, eh, not worth it. It Have you been to the um, Coca-Cola store in Disney Springs? Yes. It basically mirrors that. It's majority merchandise shop for Coca-Cola with a few drink stations on the side. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so it's much smaller, and I mean, it's bright and new and, and all of that, but... Um, it's not obviously with COVID they have to create more restrictions mm-hmm. and so what is there now reflects those new restrictions um you stand in a line you can't just like grab a mini cup and um run around and, and try all the flavors try all the flavors you have to wait in line go to one station try them and then leave um yeah so it's a little bit more controlled in that sense um we always used to make a joke about how sticky the floor used to be at the old oh my one gosh. because for that it kids was... would spill drinks everywhere i mean they were running wild spilling drinks everywhere so it was always like such a fun thing to do go in there and try different coca-cola flavors and different like coke brands of things that they had but and i remember going into the old club cool but i can't remember enough to be like oh my gosh i was so sad that it went like i just didn't have enough time in there because for me i remember when i would go when i was younger and i'm like what why is there like a coca-cola thing in the middle of it just felt very out of place like it just didn't really feel like hit like fit the vibe but now the new one's open it's very modern people really like it but they did say goodbye to the old one in 2019 and we weren't sure if it was ever gonna come back (laughs) yeah and with the club cool what was right next door was the old starbucks they Mm -hmm. demolished that so we lost starbucks in epcot for a short period and then they built a new one um which is very nice and outdoor so the line usually those starbucks locations in the parks are indoor and um waiting in that line it can get cramped in there with covid and so this line is, is yeah fully outdoors um we lost interventions east which used to house um, mouse gear and all of that mm-hmm. so that central hub of epcot <laughs> just, got, just all gone I, and so <laughs> i think in 2019 it started to be like oh my gosh all these amazing things are coming to epcot but epcot right now exactly like you said was just mm-hmm. kind of a shell of itself i feel like a lot of people were like okay there's just there's there wasn't really anything like 
new. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we're taking away Illuminations, we're taking away Club Cool, and we're tearing down everything. So go to go to um, Hollywood Studios where they have all these new <laughs> things, and they're celebrating their 30th anniversary. Like, push the traffic that way almost. But but if it, you want to come to a festival, you can at least hang out in World Showcase. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so they kept people there, but I mean, Epcot's been basically a construction zone since 2019, and and they're slowly making improvements, and things are getting almost there, but it's just taking a very very long time and um a lot of people i think have been avoiding epcot because of the fact that there's been a lot of things closed and so that's kind of what was happening in epcot um we'll shift over to animal kingdom there wasn't a lot going on in animal kingdom but we do i think we have a couple of things what was going on in animal kingdom um just like epcot there's a new nighttime show called rivers of light I think this was pretty cool to introduce to Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom doesn't get a lot of love in the evening. No, um, definitely most not. people go for rope drop in the morning, do what they want to do, and then leave at lunch. Yeah. Um, and having something for people to stick around, um, I think, was enticing and, and maybe helped people stay a little bit longer. Um, to be honest, I never saw Rivers of Light. I thought the concept was pretty cool. Um, I still think that that area where it's now, um, where you can see kite tails is what's there now. Um, since opening Rivers of Light in 2019, they have shut, shut it down. They don't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the overhead of running the show wasn't matching the number of people that were there at night or what the cause was, but I thought having, it was kind of this, if you can imagine the... Um, kind of glow-in-the-dark bioluminescent vibe that they created for the world of Pandora and Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. It mirrored this on floats on the water as well as some water projections too and so um, I thought it was a great use of the space, mm-hmm. something to keep people engaged in what was going on in Animal Kingdom once the sun goes down because most people leave um, and it, it was very short-lived. Yeah. I do think the foot traffic picked up in Animal Kingdom once they opened Pandora because it was really spectacular to see at night. And that was in, I think, you know, 2017. So they had started to build up some of that foot traffic. And I think that they thought, okay, well, if we put Rivers of Light, then that might also continue to increase that. And maybe, I'm not sure exactly why it ended up closing, like you said, but it may have had something to do with that. If people were there at night, they were there to see Pandora. They weren't as pulled to see this little nighttime show that they had. But, um... Yeah, that space that they have, I feel like there is just, like, so much opportunity right there. And oftentimes, like, you just see it empty, except for, like, kite tails or whatever they're kind of doing out there or doing, like, the the boat cavalcades. Um, But I just feel like they could really utilize that space a lot better um, with a different type of show out there. So I'm interested to see if they lean into that in the years to come and um, develop new stuff for that area. I sure hope so. I, I personally love Animal Kingdom. I don't think it gets enough love. Um... I think it's incredibly beautiful, incredibly themed um, for the areas that they do have. I think that there are places in the park that need an overhaul, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think introducing a nighttime spectacular was was a good idea. And I hope, like you said, um, maybe something will resurge in the future. Uh, but adding on or building off of nighttime spectaculars um in magic kingdom the new things that we had there yes kind of also nighttime things 
Um, we got a new sign over the Tomorrowland walkway. Oh, super futuristic, very fun. I love the new Tomorrowland sign. So for those of you who aren't familiar, there are different lands in Magic Kingdom. Tomorrowland is supposed to be the land of the future. It's where you can find Space Mountain, Astro Orbiters, Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger Spin, Carousel of Progress, all those um, classic rides. And lots of people give Tomorrowland criticism for being the future of the 80s. Like what people Come saw. at me, bro. If you're going to throw Tomorrowland under the bus, <laughs> I will take you out back. I will fight you. I love Tomorrowland. And and I think that there's something like quintessential and nostalgic about what it is and what it stands for. Obviously, um, I'm not sure if it was announced at the D23 in 2019, but the Tron light cycles that's coming to this area, a new roller coaster based off of the movie uh, Tron Legacy. Um, I think that'll kind of give it a new futuristic boost. I think Um, so too. But... Tomorrowland was built in the 70s and it stayed in the 70s and I think the new sign was kind of a precursor almost kind of like what I was saying with uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway of um, setting a new tone or a new note on what we know from the past Um, and the old sign was um, all of these spaceships orbiting around um, a sign that's at Tomorrowland. We can post it on our Instagram um, so you can see old versus new. But the new is very sleek, oh, modern, yeah. no frills, clean, chrome Tomorrowland. And that's yeah, it. It definitely is. And it has this, like, at night it glow. It's white, but it has this blue, like, light and glow to it. And it is, oh, it's very pretty. I think it mirrors what I'm expecting to see with the um, with the theming and the look of Tron. Yes, I think they uh, were intentional about that. Sleek, um, modern. So, so. 19 brought a new sign. And I think there was a lot of buzz about this. Like, people, oh, were, people were freaking out about the new sign. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I remember when it happened and people being like, there is a new Tomorrowland sign. <laughs> people what is happening? The giant cup holder. Because <laughs> it's got a circle and like these handles around it. It looks like if you had a giant cup, you'd be able to put a cup right in the center of it. And so there I just go. remember being on Twitter and seeing the giant cup holder. And I was like, okay. I mean, say what you're going to say. I think it looks nice. Oh, I think uh, it looks really nice. And I am a big Tomorrowland fan. So that continues to make that area even better. And I'm so excited for Tron to open, hopefully very, very soon. Um, on top of that, it was Mickey and Minnie's surprise celebration that was going on. It was kind of partnered with Mickey's 90th birthday. Yeah. he They had these outfits they're like white with a bunch of colored polka dots on it and it, they went really well with the move it shake it dance party and so they wore these celebration outfits for actually a very long time from 2019 up until they got their new 50th anniversary outfits and they had little like parades with them and they were really cute little outfits not gonna lie um i call them their fun petty suits oh that's what they remind me of it's like the little fun petty speckles oh, yeah. like but yes very cute it's definitely very bright and fun. I thought I was going to sneeze. It's okay. Um, and another thing that they added to Magic Kingdom, which I think was a huge hit and we'll see again in the future, is the Villains After Hours. Oh, yeah. This was new. Yeah. It happened in the summer. It was geared towards... I think it was targeting... Um, 
the rivalry between Universal Studios and Disney World during the Halloween season. Mm -hmm. Disney does what's called their uh, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, uh, which we've touched on before in in past episodes. Um, But it's basically a party that you can pay additional money to um, to go in after the park closes, and it's limited capacity, and it's this Halloween night. But it's kid-friendly. There's nothing scary. What Universal does is the complete opposite. It's called Halloween Horror Nights, and it's terrifying. (laughs) You will never catch me at Halloween Horror Nights. I don't do scary. It's not for me. This is why I love Disney. (laughs) And um, even though this was not even close to the frightfulness of Halloween Horror Nights, it was meant to be a little bit darker a little bit more spooky it wasn't halloween per se i think it started in the summer yeah i think Um, you're right but it was you know they had um uh like a parade or a cavalcade almost that went through Mm -hmm. and it had maleficent um maleficent is basically this big robot float um (laughs) that cast members will walk through the park and she actually breathes fire um, she did have a stint where she caught on fire and they took her away. And in 2019, <laughs> she did resurge um, and she came back for this Villains After Hours party. Um, and so it was all kind of themed around mm-hmm. Disney villains. They had special treats just like some of the other parties, um, additional money. But people, particularly adults, said that they liked it. It was kind of a amped up, darker side mm-hmm. of Disney. Um that they could enjoy, but obviously not, like I said, to the extent of the the darkness and the fear that comes with Halloween Horror Nights. So yeah, I, I think, think this was a big hit, and I think we'll see it again. Well, yeah, I think that we'll definitely see it again, because there are people that are really big fans of just, like, the villain franchises mm-hmm. and um, kind of what they get to bring to the table, because they don't often get their highlighted moments, and so I think it's cool that they um, kind of put this party together for that. Um, they, off, they also, speaking of Magic Kingdom parties, they brought some new fireworks shows um, to some of those parties. Were you able to see any of those during 2019? I didn't see any of them in person, um, but I know that it was to use the um, projection technology that they had come out with for mm-hmm. Happily Ever After. They were able to create Halloween and Christmas versions um, that were only displayed during these after hours events yeah. and parties. And so um, I saw them via YouTube and inter- <laughs> internet, of course. Via um, internet. Yeah, via the interwebs. Um, but I did not see them in person. But I, since they came out in 2019, I have seen them in person. And they're really cool. Yeah. That's cool. I haven't, I mean, I haven't been to any after hours or parties yet. Um, it's definitely something on my bucket list. But... That's exciting. I mean, that Magic Kingdom, I think, I think when you look at all four parks as a whole, the the big focus was Hollywood Studios in 2019, but each park got a little something and there definitely were a lot of changes in each of them. So it's cool to see kind of what happened. Um, more of like a general overview of all four parks um, during this time, Fast Pass was still in existence. We did not have Genie Plus. 
Uh, we did not have uh, no fast passes because of the pandemic <laughs> took away everything. But the Fast Pass Plus system was still in effect in 2019, where you could get up to three fast passes a day. And once you use that third one, then you could pick up additional ones, kind of one at a time. Um, but this was also when you were able to, you know, 60 days out, 30 days out, depending on if you were staying on property or not, you were able to go ahead and select your fast passes ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, this kind of felt like when you were planning for your Disney vacations, you didn't have park reservations back then, but if you were selecting your fast passes for the day, you were almost like in your mind, like making park reservations for yourself because right. you're saying, I'm going to be in this park in the morning and this park in the afternoon, and you could get fast passes in both of the parks, right? No, you could. So your first three. Oh fast no, your passes, first three had to be in one park. Correct, and then once they were used, you could book one for yes another park. Another thing that's changed since the pandemic that didn't exist in 2019 was the hours for park hopping, oh, and so you could park hop whenever you wanted. Yeah, you could park hop as early as 10 a.m. I miss that. Yeah, I definitely miss that. It changes the whole dynamic of the day. <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, to be able to like literally go to Magic Kingdom for breakfast and then leave and go to Epcot or go wherever you want and like. Yeah. I feel like you truly get your money's worth of the park hopper pass, whereas now, like, you're you're very much locked in to where you're at until 2 o'clock. You can't go anywhere else. Yeah, and if you go somewhere at 2 o'clock, your, your day is to try to do all four parks in a day, which I think people used to do with a park hopper. Yeah. It's not as realistic now. I actually went for a single day in <laughs> August and tried to do the four parks in one day thing. Uh-huh. You, there's there's really no window of opportunity between transportation getting there no. and doing anything. If the there's parks no are closing at you know nine o'clock and you park hop at two, you can get three done. But that third one, you know, is it's you're, hard. You're cutting um, what you're able to do for sure. Yeah. Before you could divide the day up and and do eight to ten, <laughs> ten to twelve, yeah, twelve to two, two to four. You know, and jump wherever you wanted. Um, so now that that's changed, that's honestly one of my least favorite changes with the the pandemic is the park hopping. Yeah, rules. I definitely agree. That's that's I haven't used Genie Plus yet, but I'm I'm hesitant just because like I feel like the, fa- the Fast Pass Plus system worked really well, and the the hours for park hopping and. I feel like they had really gotten in a groove with that, and so, but like with the pandemic, I feel like this is their opportunity to be like, well, hey, let's just change exactly how we do that. Um. The, the, the Disney freaks like myself and my family, where um, one of the specific memories that I have of a 2019 trip, we made, we stayed at Magic Kingdom late at um, Christmas time. They extend the park hours, and so the park mm-hmm. was open park hours were a lot longer too in 2019 than they are now um but we got 11 fast passes in a single night from like eight until midnight because we just knew how to use the system yeah with genie plus you can't can't do do that that. and so you were able to do so much more um even the rewritability with fast pass you Mm can make a fast pass for the same ride if you wanted to with genie plus you can only do that ride once in a day yeah. Um, so things have changed a lot, and I I definitely reminisce on the way I was able to do trips in 2019, and kind of miss it. Yeah, definitely. 
Also, um, during this time, there were new rules regarding smoking and strollers, and I feel like there was quite an uproar about the strollers. Definitely was an uproar <laughs> regarding the strollers. Why don't you explain a little bit about the uproar? Okay, so in Disney World, if you go into the parks, you can rent your stroller there, or you can bring your own stroller. People would bring all kinds of strollers of all shapes and sizes. Wagons. Yeah. Literally wagons, wagons to pull their children in, put food, whatever. Very wide strollers, very tiny strollers. I mean, you name it. Anything that had wheels on it, they would call it a stroller. Correct. And so in 2019, they started putting restrictions on what kind of stroller you could bring. And it had to be within a certain width or under a certain width um, to fit park guidelines. And for <laughs> the strollers to fit through all the doors, not take up too much space, be easily parked in stroller parking when you get on rides. Um, and... People were very frustrated people by this. People were very not. People were, I remember being, it was just all over Twitter. People were so upset about the stroller rule. Yeah. I don't have kids, so I don't know how that, it's not frustrating for me. But I try to think about like a parent who's just really upset about that. And I'm like, the guidelines aren't like, they're not super strict. Like it's just bring a regular stroller, like just a normal non, I, I don't know. You would see strollers like that looks like Cinderella's carriages like they would get like specialty and like this is too much just get a stroller my family always did the in-park like stroller rentals Mm -hmm. and it worked great because it was less to carry but people who have the smaller children that fall asleep on your way out of the park and can have their child still in a stroller while you're waiting on a resort bus a tram whatever it might be that also takes up a ton of space too and so yeah. you've got tons of people who are trying to get on Disney transportation and little Johnny is in his <laughs> Cinderella's carriage um, <laughs> and it takes up five seats on the bus. You don't get as many yeah. people in there. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, so it was in efforts to make things a little bit more efficient and consolidated within the parks, not take up as much space, not hit as many ankles. Um, and so uh, people are definitely frustrated by this because it, presented some type of governing over what they were allowed to bring for their children um but overall kind of helps the guest experience and park experience when you don't have all these honking strollers taking up the entire row and aisle yeah and with the um the smoking rules there used to be a lot of designated smoking areas within the park and when these new rules came out did they completely eliminate smoking inside the parks? Okay, that's what I thought. I couldn't, to, rem- I couldn't yeah. remember if it was like there was like only one per park or if they completely eliminated it, but I think that was a good move. Yeah, it had to be, um, you have to be outside of the park to smoke at all, including vaping or anything else. And I think also guests were frustrated by this. Um, yeah. It If you're a smoker, it changes your you know, ability to just go through the day and go to a designated smoking area. And, um, I think overall for the parks and to encourage, you know, healthy habits in people as a healthcare Mm -hmm. professional, (laughs) um, I was really glad to see this change. Um, also with, you know, having cigarette butts or or anything like that sitting around the parks, I don't think that that would have been part of Walt's vision he has a trash can every 20 steps for a reason and so I think it just keeps things clean keeps um guests uh 
cognizant and considerate of other guests who aren't smokers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you do want to smoke, you now have to leave the park. Yeah. Um, for sure. So let's touch on like a couple of the l- last things that happen within the parks. And yep. then we've got one more big hitter for D- the Disney bubble. Yeah. So the last couple of things that we wanted to touch on for 2019 was Magic Bands got an upgrade. Yeah. Previously, there were these like little rectangle bracelets that you would wear there are only eight colors in 2019 we start to see them look more like watches yep they got a facelift and then now they have these like character wraps yeah not only did they get a facelift they got a price lift um <laughs> they so, sure did um i think it gives guests a fun new accessory to mm-hmm. like if you're disney bounding or matching outfits or whatever it is you know it's fun or you know just for kids to pick their favorite character and be able to have it as a personalized thing for their trip i think that was um a fun addition but now you don't even need magic bands anymore so that was kind of a quick come and go and they're again giving magic bands a facelift in the coming year so um that upgrade that they did in 2019 is soon to be out the door yeah um and then something else that they implemented intentionally throughout the parks was more inclusive eating options mm-hmm. and they increase their plant-based menu items throughout all the parks which i think is a really big deal for there i mean there are so many people who are plant-based eaters who go to the parks and you look at a menu and all there are chicken nuggets and french fries um <laughs> yeah they gotta they had to think outside the box when it came to all these you know things that people needed to eat and a lot more um allergies were coming out mm-hmm, as well so mm-hmm. Definitely glad that they did that. That was a great move. Um, what about ticket prices? How were ticket prices in the parks during uh, 2019? So ticket prices were lower than what they are now. Not by a ton, but um, definitely saw um, a price change in the last little bit. But even within 2019, there was a price increase. Yeah, there was a price increase. It got, I think it got a little bit confusing for people because they couldn't quite figure out what ticket price was i think it went now in 2019 they kind of landed on an average of 109 a day is that correct yeah so the single day ticket was 109 but we also started seeing more um like date based price changes mm-hmm. it used so, to be very much like this is how much it is for one day no matter what time of year now it was like fluctuates fluctuates depending on the date that you pick yeah so you start to see Disney wanting to try to control the crowds a little bit by changing ticket prices at the most popular time of year. Um, and so everyone wants to, I mean, Christmas time at Disney is one of the most popular times of year. And so um, they increase the the general price of tickets for that time mm-hmm. to discourage the crazy crowds. Um I, th- I think that's their intention. I mean, and also, yeah. I mean, if I mean, they're they going to have that many people come, they yeah. might as well capitalize too. Yeah. Um, but yes, 109 um, was the average price. And throughout that kind of price fluctuation, you could see the price increase almost 25% at those most oh. busiest times of year. Yeah. So I think this is when we start to have people kind of be up in arms about, about Disney pricing. But yeah. Um, I think the last thing that we should talk about are Disney resorts in 2019. Yes, there were two kind of big moves in the Disney realm of resorts. Um, one of the big ones was the Riviera Resort opened in 2019. This was a very sought-after resort. Um, it had more of a 
luxurious feel. I think it really brought a sense of, I don't know, it just elegance, I think, to mm-hmm. um, the resort categories. Um, and then alongside of that, the Grandestino Tower opened at Coronado Springs, which was really, that tower really focuses more on like the um, conference and business side of staying at Walt Disney World. Coronado, Sp- Coronado Springs has a lot of ballrooms and meeting spaces for large conferences. And this tower was an addition to that for additional rooms and space for those types of events. So both of those um, resorts kind of launched and opened during that time. And the Riviera is definitely, I think, the highlight out of the two. Um, you love the Riviera. You stayed there a couple times. And I have yet to actually see it in person, but it just looks so beautiful every time I pass it. Um, I'm just like, wow, I want to stay there. I love the Riviera. I think it might be a hard statement for me to say because I do love so many resorts, but I think it's my favorite resort. Um, it's small, it's intimate. It mm-hmm. feels like a resort, not like a, or it feels like a, like a luxury hotel versus like a big giant resort. Yeah, like a big spaced out resort. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also a sense of Walt there. There's mm-hmm. a lot of history of Walt Disney's travels. Um, there's a little like library coffee shop area that has a lot of historic memorabilia um, that's specifically from Walt. Um, and so I think that that's important to keep within mm-hmm. Disney. Um but the resort itself, I mean, it's stunning, and yeah. there's a, amazing food there, which is always good. <laughs> um, and the last thing that I think we should talk about that opened in 2019 that's connected to the Riviera mm-hmm. would be the Skyliner. Yeah, the Disney Skyliner. We've talked about this a couple of times in speaking in you know our resort episodes. We talked about Pop Century because the Skyliner also is attached to that location, but... The Skyliner is a new was a new form of transportation that launched in 2019. That's like a gondola system that connects a couple resorts to Hollywood Studios and Epcot. So it provided a new way for guests to get to the park that they needed to get to. And it is a very efficient form of transportation. It just keeps moving and keeps going. And I love riding the Skyliner. It's so much fun. Um, I've tr- you know tried to stay at Pop Century specifically for the Skyliner and. Um, I've really enjoyed it. It's just, it's just different. Yeah, it's definitely more pleasant than piling into a bus. <laughs> um, yes. And since the pandemic, they used to um, have you pack in with another party. If, like, let's say there's only two of you and there's a party of three or four, you might have to share a gondola, mm-hmm. um, which pretty close quarters sitting right across from each other (laughs) it'd be a little bit awkward depending on your (laughs) comfort with um being in social settings with people you don't know but um since then you it's one party per gondola um which actually makes it kind of a fun personalized yeah it really is fun get transported between the parks um and then having you know a a new amenity or reason to stay at some of these resorts that it connects to I think boosted um the the business and the luxury of staying at particular places and so um now you don't have to ride the bus you can just jump on the Skyliner um and it takes you to both Epcot and Hollywood Studios so I think just I mean quickly reviewing (laughs) recapping it wasn't really quick but 
quickly going over all these things that happened in the parks. I mean, like I said, 2019 was a huge year for Walt Disney World. There was so much happening in the parks. Not only was there huge stuff happening in the parks, there were huge things happening in the cinematic universe. Um, And just on the movie screen, there were a lot of movies that were released uh, during the 2019 year. I'm going to list all of them off, and then I think we should pick what our favorites were from the list of that year. But here are the movies that came out in 2019. Captain Marvel. Dumbo, Avengers Endgame, Aladdin, Dark Phoenix, Toy Story 4, The Lion King, the um, live action adaptation, The Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, Frozen 2, Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker, and Spies in Disguise. That's a pretty, that's a pretty lofty list right there. Yeah, that's a jam-packed year of big hit movies for Disney. Oh, yeah, for sure. Top three out of that list. What do you got? Um, Definitely, I would say, oh, okay. Well, I started confident and now I'm second guessing. Definitely Avengers Endgame and Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, top two. Um, Position number three is going to be hard for me to choose between Aladdin and Frozen 2, but if I'm being honest, I probably would go Aladdin. I'm going to (laughs) cry. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I can brush it off. I can take the next right step. I can do the next right thing. (laughs) I'm so funny. (laughs) All right, moving on. Anyways. Okay, your Uh, top three. Okay, my top three. Okay, Avengers Endgame. Rise of Skywalker, Frozen 2. But Very Frozen similar to yours. is Frozen 2 your number one or is something else your number one? For me, it's a toss-up between Endgame and Frozen 2. Both of those are really, really good movies. Endgame is just like... I, it's so iconic. I think it honestly might be Frozen 2. I think if it doesn't... I understand if it wouldn't be Frozen because Frozen's your original yeah. love. Endgame is just honestly one of the best movies ever created. Yeah, it's. I think that that sparked my true love of Marvel. Yeah, um, I'd watched enough to actually actually knowing that Endgame was coming out, I started like having my prep time of like <laughs> this. These oh, are yeah. the Marvel movies you need to watch. This is the order you watch them in. And I did the full prep to know fully what was going on for Endgame because I knew it was coming and I knew it was going to be absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, and so I remember seeing that movie and just like not being able to pick my job off the ground. <laughs> for real. I mean, I, I like, I can't even be, I, I wish I could remember what it felt like to be in the theater and watching that because it was so like an out-of-body experience. It almost felt the same way that it felt when I saw Spider-Man No Way Home. Like, mm-hmm, it just mm-hmm. was spectacular. And I feel like for the Marvel universe, it really, like, people were wondering, like, okay, well, what now? Like, uh, we've had yeah. Endgame, like, but what's coming next? And... That's when Disney kind of tapped into the opportunity to launch a bunch of Disney Plus shows and, and kind of go from there. But I think as a Marvel fan, when you watch this movie, you, you weren't sure what was kind of coming next for that universe. And they liked how they kind of left people in that spot. Um, now, out of this whole list, I would say my least favorite. There was a couple of them I haven't seen. I didn't see Dark Phoenix. I didn't see Spies in Disguise. But those are both 20th, 
20th Century Fox, yes. which Disney equ- acquired. So technically, they fall into things that Disney was a part of releasing in 2019, but do they have Disney on the intro when you watch the movie? No. No, no they don't. But out of this list, my least favorite was Toy Story 4. I did not like that movie at all. I didn't either, but I also didn't like Lion King. I was very yeah, disappointed. Yeah, that was I didn't like that as well. But both honestly, Toy Story 4, I was like what what both were very disappointing <laughs> to me. I felt like it was ended so perfectly in Toy Story 3 and to have the note that it had to end on with this new movie was just too too much. Yeah, I never it, they it, they went too far. I watched it one time in theaters. I never watched it again. Yeah, I don't think I did either. I think I I just felt like it was a repeat story of Toy Story 3 with just a different twist on it. Like the toys wanted to get out and do something different. And I'm like, we've seen this already. (laughs) What are you leaving the gang? I mean, uh, too gut-wrenching. Yeah, that was just a little much. But um, definitely some good movies from that time. Do you have any of the stats on kind of how much those movies grossed during that time? Well, I know that Endgame is one of the highest grossing movies of all time ever. So, huge win. Huge win for the Disney company. They, um, the order of highest grossing movies of all time is Avatar, Titanic, and Endgame. (laughs) And then what's right after Endgame? Infinity War. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's like, they've just... Yeah. So, those were gold for Disney, um... And obviously have spiraled into this whole Marvel universe that's come into Disney Plus and now the parks. So a huge kickoff, I think, for getting people to be Marvel fans like myself that weren't before. Um, But overall stats for the Disney movies that year. For Disney movies, just highest grossing films of 2019. The top four are Disney movies. They're not even even Disney. Just the top four films of the year end up being all four Disney movies. Um, number four on this list is Frozen 2. Does I know. that make you upset? It, what makes me upset is that Frozen 2 is <laughs> less than The Lion King, the live adaptation. I just don't feel like they even compare. I agree. I mean, I I would easily watch Frozen 2 before I would watch The Lion King or Toy Story 4. Um, yeah, Toy Story 4 is number three. So it literally goes Endgame, Lion King, Toy Story 4, then Frozen 2. And I'm like, how... I guess because, like, The Lion King and Toy Story have such a historic, like, following and background, and there's there's so much to those films that, like, I feel like people went in to see it because they expected them to continue to be great, mm-hmm. but then I'm sure it's only just from people seeing it once, and then that's yeah. it. Yeah, my, my take on The Lion King was that it was a literal repeat of the animated film with new actors and actresses doing the voiceover yeah i didn't think the actors and the actresses did the characters justice and i thought the colorful animation versus i mean the science and and engineering is always going to be amazing to me how they get the computers to animate these things that look like real lions and they look like they're talking and moving their mouth phenomenal beautiful but would I go back and watch that over the colorful, fun, animated original? Yeah. No. And Toy Story 4, we already discussed. I just felt like they pushed too hard. Um, too much. But obviously, much. it made Disney a lot of money, so... They got Forky out of it, and that was a big merchandise push for them. True. Forky is funny. I do like Forky, but... Um, yeah, I mean, big year in park, 
big year in movie. Yeah. It's uh, 2019 was a big win for Disney, and that's what I, why I think 2020 was such a hard hit because it was like we're climbing, the momentum is coming, and it's you know in our favor, and yeah. and, and then there's a big. huge pause. Um, so, and then just one little thing that happened in 2019 that the Walt Disney Company was a part of that I thought was significant that I wanted to mention in this episode. In 2019, um, the Notre Dame in Paris caught on fire and that was a really big deal. That was was a really big global event worldwide, Mm -hmm. you know, news reports on that, um, and what was going on. And the Walt Disney Company, um, pledged $5 million to the reconstruction project. Um, but what I specifically remember about this is there was this image going around of Quasimodo. If you're unfamiliar with who Quasimodo is, um, the movie The Hunchback of Notre Dame, which is a Disney film um, telling the story of Quasimodo, um, who lives in the Notre Dame. Um, he was like crying and clinging to the the church building, and I just thought it was an incredible image, and I felt like I saw it everywhere. Yeah, I, I it was definitely went viral. I saw it too. Um, so that was just something that I, I remembered from 2019 that I thought was worth mentioning. But um, in terms of the last things to cover, what did you what did you do in 2019 in terms of your Disney trips? Yeah, so uh, 2019 was definitely a big year for me park-wise. Uh, this was the first time that I went three times in a year. Now, for people that don't go a lot, they may think that's a lot of times. The people that go there all the time and have annual passes, you're like, three times? What? <laughs> so for me, you know, this was this was a really big deal. I'd never been that many times, let alone in a, in a year. And so um, I was really excited to go. I went with um, a lot of family during that year. But my favorite memory, I think, from 2019 was actually taking my mom for the very first time ever for her 50th birthday to Disney World and seeing her face when we walk into Magic Kingdom, like, just so incredible. But I felt like also in that year, I was starting to just get a grip of, like, what it looks like to go to Disney, take some time off, go back, and then, like... I just felt like I was in this rhythm and I wanted to keep it going. The even Disney though adult was, life. <laughs> the Disney adult life. But then my bank account was like, no, 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 no. You can't do that. Um, and also pandemic. So <laughs> kind of stuff like that. But I also, during my time there, I stayed at the Boardwalk and All-Star Movies. Um, I also stayed like an Airbnb as well when I wasn't for my, when I, for my third trip. But it was just so exciting to do all in one year and be a part of a lot of these releases that were going on and... Um, Getting to experience it firsthand, it was, it's honestly, it's my favorite year of Disney so far in my life. Yeah, I think that it is definitely, if you were to go that many times, there was something new and big probably every time you went yeah. that you didn't do the time before, yeah. which makes it exciting. And it's why Disney fans like us keep going back. Yeah. It's because they keep throwing those things out there and we have to see it and experience it for yeah. ourselves. The only sad thing was that when I went in November for my mom's birthday, the last time I was there was April, so Galaxy's Edge was not open, but we were not going to Hollywood Studios because my mom couldn't ride a lot of things, and Hollywood Studios has a lot of a lot of rides that aren't very friendly to everybody. So we actually skipped that park, but I didn't get to go see Galaxy's Edge, and I felt so close but so far away, and I was like, no. <laughs> When you when you were driving by on the road and you could see the mm-hmm. I could see the spires and I was like, like no I'm gonna I'm gonna cry or like riding the um, the Skyliner and being mm-hmm. like hello yep <laughs> um, which was it was sad but I, you know I got my turn I got I was able to to see Galaxy's Edge in 2021 
but it was it was very interesting being there not being able to experience that but wouldn't change it for anything had a great time that year and and loved it but that was my personal story what about you um in 2019 i got to do a bucket list a bucket list disney trip with my family um we went in april and um the weather was great stirring flower and garden which is my favorite time uh in epcot um but it's kind of i mean my family has been to disney so many times and we kind of always loftily look at the deluxe (laughs) resorts and we're like oh those rich people going in there getting to stay at the deluxe that must be nice have fun um and we finally decided we were going to stay at the grand floridian it was my dad's like number one resort on his list and he'd always wanted to stay there and so we um went with his brother my uncle and his fiance they were getting married in october of 2019 and it kind of turned into a makeshift bachelorette for my now Mm. aunt sarah hi sarah if you're listening um but my mom and myself um, and my sisters were her bridesmaids and so um it really was like the bridal party and so we um, that's so fun did the whole shirts thing and um we went to senses spa which was i still reminisce on that day and dream of it fondly (laughs) um it was an incredible experience and um on that trip sam my husband and i we actually vlogged um Mm -hmm. i feel like disney vlogging was still it was popular but still fairly new and so we're like oh let's just like do it for fun and see what it's like and it was exhausting and we (laughs) haven't done it again um we've done like little videos here and there um just for like our memories but doing like the full on every day pick up a camera record it before you eat it um record on the rides all that kind of stuff it is like it kind of took away I think from our ability to be present sometimes because it's like oh where's the camera um but we had like we had said like we're committing to this like if we say we're gonna do it like we're gonna try it and do it every day um so we have a small subset of videos from that trip that um, we did that were fun, but um, haven't haven't touched back on the vlogging thing again. Um, and then in December, my family um, is fortunate to have uh, basically everybody in my family had the week after Christmas off um, from work, school, whatever else. And so we went to Disney um for a few days and then went on a cruise out of port canaveral and so we stayed at the swan um during christmas time and it was our first time experiencing galaxy's edge um and we did get to ride um rise of the resistance and i remember it being like so stressful trying (laughs) i remember we were talking um, about it trying to get the boarding pass because it was the different time when you had to be in the park you had to um get it at 7 a.m or whatever time it was that they released it and then if you didn't get it um you tried again at one o'clock and just a funny memory from this trip we were riding millennium falcon smugglers run just so happened that the time we spent waiting in the line and when we finally got on the ride it was about to be one (laughs) o'clock and so sam who was actually so insistent on being the pilot 
was the one also in charge of trying to get boarding passes. And so in the middle of riding, he just totally drops all controls and then just starts screaming, like, we got it, oh my god. Like, just completely forgets about the ride because he's trying to get boarding passes. And then he he did get the boarding pass. um, But it was while we were on (laughs) Smuggler's Run. What a cool experience. I love that. Um, So it was really exciting to be able to experience it. So soon after it opened um, and do it for the first time with the whole fam. So... Um, those were my my trips and my time in 2019 at Disney, and oh. then it was a big old pause button on yeah. Visiting everybody parks. had to take a big old pause, but that's okay. We yeah. get to go back now, which is great. Um, thanks so much for hanging out with us in the year 2019. Hope you learned something, maybe remembered something from your own trip, or. Um, got to experience it again but if you have a story from 2019 we'd love to to hear what that is and let us know on your on our instagram just so we can connect with you more but thank you for hanging out with us in here in 2019 Small shop shout out. We got another one. I love the fact that there are so many of these that like we never have a hard time finding anyone. Oh, yeah, it's it's definitely very easy to find. Um, this week our small shop shout out is Saber Forge. I have a personal connection with Saber Forge because I recently received a custom lightsaber. Um, they uh, are a very how do I describe it you basically can create an entire lightsaber from scratch like take the Disney lightsaber so lightsaber experience and like throw it put it on steroids and that's <laughs> that's saber forge you can customize every single piece of the handle of the of the actual saber itself the sounds the color like anything that you want to customize about it you can um, they have like a 3d studio online where you can plug and play and put the pieces everywhere um, and so me and my boyfriend actually both got custom lightsabers and we were so excited when they came in the mail we immediately put them together changed all the colors did everything we wanted and then we went in the backyard and we were like we're gonna duel and it was incredible so i highly recommend if you love star wars and you're interested in getting your own lightsaber but you want like that one-of-a-kind lightsaber that kind of tops the one that disney offers definitely check out saber forge their instagram is official underscore saber s-a-b-e-r forge f-o-r-g-e um Super excited about this company. They're really awesome. All right, guys, we are every season changing up this last segment that we want to do where we give some insight or opinions about visiting Disney World. And this season, we mentioned it before, but we're doing what we call trip tips. Trip tips, yeah. Court, let's talk about what this week's trip tip is. Okay, so when you are planning your Disney World vacation, it is very important if you plan on having any type of sit-down table service, dinner reservation, lunch reservation, whatever it looks like, 
that you make sure that you book those dining reservations as soon as you possibly can. There are certain timeframes when you can book a dining reservation. If you are staying on property, it's typically 60 days. If you're staying off property, it's 30 days. Um, and when you go in, like, I mean, like on the money, like midnight, whenever it opens, going in, selecting as many dining reservations as you would like to have for your entire trip and locking those in because those dining reservations go incredibly quickly. Yeah, they go, there's some restaurants, if you do research on, you know, most popular character or signature meals, um, those are, I mean, they go lightning fast. And <laughs> yeah. a mistake I've made in the past is thinking that 60 days out meant for every day. So, you know, if mm. my trip is a Wednesday to Sunday and my first day is Wednesday, there has been a trip in the past where I thought I could only book Wednesday because Thursday is 61, 61 days out. But on that first day of your trip, all of your dates open. Yeah. So big deal. Have, have everything planned out if you're intending on doing the sit down meals and um, know what you want on which day. And sometimes you just kind of have to take what times are available. Um Sometimes the really popular restaurants will only give you a 3.30 in the afternoon, and so that's when you're having dinner. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely plan that ahead of time so you can be prepared. Okay, guys, next week um, we are going to do our one of my favorite episodes, which is Digging Deep. Caitlin, what, what, what movie are we picking? So we took to our listeners and our Instagram peoples and put out a poll and just asked you to send us your ideas on what movies you would like to have us break down and we got a lot of different options oh my gosh it was overwhelmed with what to pick (laughs) it was very difficult to choose so we thank every single one of you who submitted something at some point we will get to what you what you suggested because they were all great suggestions but um our listener emily sent Mm -hmm. in up So in the spirit of Valentine's Day and all that is romance, we felt like Carl and Ellie's story had to be what we what we talk about. I'm so excited for us to break down this movie, explain all the emotional connections behind it, all the fun facts, taking that movie and just giving you everything we can possibly throw at you about it. We are just very excited to break down the movie up. Um, It's going to be a fun one. Until then, until next week. What you can do is you can follow us on Instagram. Where can they follow us on Instagram? You can follow us at the Castle Chat on Instagram so that you can suggest what we do on our episodes and maybe we'll pick your suggestion next. I know. We love getting to hear from you guys on social media platforms. You can also send us an email at thecastlechat at gmail.com any way you want to contact us we want to hear from you we also would love to hear from you in the form of reviews you can head to apple podcasts and you can find our page and leave us a review leave us some comments we just we love to go and read what people have to say about the podcast and if you guys are loving it please 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 submit a review we would love 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 to read it Um, but until then we will leave you what we always leave you with which is There is a great, big, beautiful tomorrow out there waiting for you. Go make it magical. See you real soon. Bye. Bye.